How many of you want to sing Ice Ice Baby after that? Yep, yep. And, and the truth is, it is different, only slightly. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's an interview with Vanilla Ice uh, from that time period. And he was asked whatever the question was, but essentially is, why did you copy Queen in their Under Pressure song? It's exactly the same. And he says, no, it's totally not the same. And he says, Queen goes, dun, 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 and then he goes, but mine goes, dun, 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 It is hilarious. It's like, yes, you changed it a lot. Like, way to go, buddy. You are an amazing musician, right? It's just, it's hilarious. It's one of those things you can find it on YouTube. Enjoy it. Vanilla Ice talking about Queens Under Pressure. You'll find it, and it's just like a 30-second clip. It's amazing. It's hilarious. You will, uh, you will enjoy it and laugh. Um, so welcome uh, to Northridge Church. We're glad that you guys are here. That's the series we're in. It is called Under Pressure or Pressure Points is really what we're calling it. Uh, and it really didn't come from the song, but we kind of thought the song fit with the series that we're doing. And what we're doing is we're talking about pressure points in our lives, things that, that really cause stress, that cause pressure, that cause us to force us to look at ourselves and who we really are and what we're really about and what's really important in life. And so last week, Pastor Chris did a phenomenal job. She talked about being real. She talked about how we need to be authentic, genuine, transparent. Lots of fun stuff last week, right? Because we all love being transparent. But we talked about how that's a pressure point in our lives. We don't like to open ourselves up easily to other people. And so today we're going to talk about another pressure point, something that we all tend to struggle with a little bit on some level. Some of us struggle with it more than others. But today we're going to talk about balance in our life. Anybody ever struggle with, struggle with balance in your life? Feel like you're out of balance at all? Yeah. So we're going to talk about balance. But before we do that, I want to just mention to you and say hello to all of you, especially those of you that I haven't gotten to, to meet yet, your first time guest with us here today. Thanks for being here. Thanks for checking us out. Um, this is how we roll. We kind of have the music and then we do all this and uh, we play weird queen songs and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but we're glad that you're here. And uh, we want you to know that this is a safe place for you, no matter where you are with God and your relationship with God, even if you're here and you would say, to be honest, I'm here today. I'm not even sure why, because I'm not sure if I even believe in God. No matter where you are with God, this is a safe place for you to honestly and genuinely seek after who God is and who Jesus is and needs to be in your life. I will tell you that even though it's a safe place, we will push you. Because it, this is a worthless place if we don't challenge and ask ourselves constantly, why are we here and what more does God want from us? Right? And so we will push, we will challenge, but this is a safe place for you to dig in at your own pace and at your own level. And so we're glad that you're here. Well, uh, I want to start by telling you a story. A few years ago, Laura and I and my parents were on this very small airplane, sitting at the airport, getting ready to taxi to the runway. And, uh, and Laura and I actually, just a, an extra piece of information, we had a less than one-year-old child. One, uh, I can't remember, was it Jackson maybe? I can't remember if it was Jackson, uh, but it was Jackson. So he was a baby. And so you imagine what all we have flying with a baby, right? We had to check our stroller in, in addition to our suitcases and like 12,000 diapers, plus wipes, plus at least three times the outfits because some are going to be puked on, pooped on, whatever, right? It's just the way that it is. And so we get on the airplane, we're sitting on the airplane, we're getting ready to taxi out. They're getting ready to back up and taxi out to the runway. And then all of a sudden, the staff 
comes on the plane, one of the staff comes on the plane and walks up to the middle of the aisle and makes an announcement. And the announcement goes like this. This is not something you want to hear before you're ready to take off. So we've just gotten word. We've kind of done our measurements and everything. And the plane is overweight and out of balance. And so what we need is we actually need to ask for a volunteer to get off the plane. We've been on the plane for like 20, 30 minutes. To get off the plane and volunteer to take the next flight, which is going to be several hours from now. All right? And so the first thought that Laura and I have, of course, is, oh, man, we did that. We have the baby in the stroller and the... Sorry, everybody. We did not offer that information to anybody, right? But that's what we were thinking, like, oh, man, we just messed up everybody's flight. But they, they, they asked for this volunteer. Nobody volunteered. And uh, we couldn't volunteer because we had to be somewhere that night, and we were barely going to make it as it was. And so we couldn't volunteer, but nobody volunteered. And so they came on a, th- a second time, and they asked again. They said, we really need somebody to say, we cannot fly with the balance that we have on the plane and, and, and how it's overweight and all, because we just can't do it. And so we need a volunteer, and nobody volunteered. So there was this very awkward, tense moment where everybody's sitting there. Nobody wants to volunteer. Nobody wants to get off the plane. And it's a small plane, right? There's like 30 or 40 people on this plane. That's it. And so it's all, it, we're all this like tight-knit, close, right shoulder-to-shoulder family. And so what has to happen is they have to get somebody off the plane. And so what happens is there was this gal that actually missed the gate time. They actually had to open, I think they actually had, I can't remember if they had to open the gate for her, but either way, she was really late. She was, she came on, we were all ready, they had done their pre-flight stuff, and they'd gone through that whole thing, and then she arrived. She was, she was too late. And so the, the two staff walk up, it's kind of like the one person had backup, <laughs> and they walk up, and you understand this is a small plane, right? And so we're all sitting there, and we're not trying to listen, but you can't help but listen because we're all in tense moment. We don't know what's going to happen, and we know they're about to have a conversation with somebody, and it's going to be intense. I'm not trying to listen, but you can't help but hear, right? Because it's a small enclosed plane. And they go over to the lady, and as quiet as possible, but everybody knows. I was at the back of the plane. I was about as far as you can get. I could hear clearly. Ma'am, because you were technically missed the gate time and late, so officially you didn't make the flight, we're going to have to ask you to get off. Oh, that's going to go well. (laughs) Right? Now, at this point, she kind of pushes back and she argues. Again, we're all trying to have our own conversations. Like, we're not listening, but we're all listening, right? And, and, and she kind of puts up a fuss and all that kind of stuff, but finally she kind of grabs her bag from the upper, you know, bin compartment a little bit roughly and stomps off the plane, and we're able to close everything up and take off, and everything made it okay. We're good. But the reason I say that and tell that story is because the balance on a plane is critical. Just even like 100 pounds can completely make the airplane unsafe, can mess it all up. Well, the reason I bring that up is because the truth is in our life, in your life and in mine, our balance can mess everything up, can it? Or lack of can mess everything up. We have to have some semblance of balance, some idea of what we're doing, why we're doing it, and where we're going. And so today we're going to talk about balance. But I want to start by, start by saying this. Every week we've been throwing out a question. We did it last week, we did, uh, we did it this week, and we're going to do it in the, all the weeks in this series. Every week we're going to throw a question out to you guys. And you guys did not disappoint. Once again, we threw out the question on Monday, and you had to answer it by Wednesday, and it's all anonymous, so I have no idea what, you know, who said what. But I read all of the responses a couple of different times this week as I was praying and preparing for this message. And what's interesting is, here's the question that, that I asked you. 
And the question was this, besides time, so other than time, what challenge do you face as you're trying to balance your life and your family's life? What challenges do you face? And so you guys answered very, very bluntly, very honestly, very openly, probably because it was anonymous. I get that, right? You're like, sure, I'll throw my soul out there as long as you don't know it's mine, right? And you guys threw it out there. I mean, there were, we literally had to print off two pages of answers, single-spaced. There's a lot. You guys answered a lot because I think this is near and dear to your heart. And you know we all struggle with this. But you know the two things that came up? You guys wrote quite a bit, and there was a variety of ways that you did that, but the two main things that came up over and over and over and over again, the two things were distractions in life, and some of you told us what those distractions were, screen time, family, conflicts with family, other people, whether at work and in, in your neighborhood. But you said distractions. Distractions are constantly pulling me away from what I know I'm supposed to be doing. And the second thing that you guys said, and this was, this was very interesting because it kind of goes along with distractions, but you talked about conflicting priorities. How it's hard to determine all of the important things that are out there and you feel like they're all important and so what do I give my time, my money, my energy, and my focus to? So distractions and priorities. Those are the two things that you guys brought up over and over and over and over again. The two big things. So today what I want to do is I want to talk about those things. I really, I really want to kind of tackle those things, but I'm not going to tackle them specifically and directly. I'm going to tackle them by giving you three principles, three points that I think if God were to say, hey, you need to find balance, this is one way that you can do that. All right? Now, I'm going to get really practical, so I don't think that God would say exactly this, of course, but I'm going to use God's word, and, and we're going to take out the scripture that talks about what needs to become first, and what our priorities need to be, and how we need to operate in life. And we'll kind of look at these three things. So the first one is this. We need to get honest about the most important things. We need to get honest about the most important things in life. So let me ask you a question, because I, I told you I was going to get really, really practical. When was the last time, or maybe I could say, have you ever sat down with the full and complete intention of writing down the priorities that you have or that you should have in life? Have you ever done that activity? Have you ever sat down and literally you're going to write down the most important things in life, rank them from one to 50 or whatever it is, right? And you're going to say, this is the most important thing. If I'm going to do anything in life, this has to be a part. And then number two, and then number three, and number four, and number five. I want to ask you, have you ever done that? When was the last time you did that, if you have done it? I can tell you that honestly, when I was kind of wrestling with this, I have not done that exact exercise. And I, and I don't think it's, it's good enough, in my opinion, to just sit down and kind of think through your priorities, right? I do that too. I'm like, well, I think I'm doing pretty good. You know, God is, is in there and, and I'm I spend time with my kids. I even tell my wife I love her pretty often. You know, I, I do pretty well. Um, I, th I think I've got an okay balance. I don't know, right? I feel like I've got my priorities pretty good. Do you guys do that? I kind of think through and I kind of consider those things and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. All right, back to football, right? <laughs> or cookies or whatever it is that I do, right? I mean, it's one of those things, right? I, I mean, I, I can quickly just consider and think through and then I move on. Well, let me make a suggestion. Sometime in the near future, maybe even this week, maybe even today, 
Would you consider doing this? Sitting down, scheduling out a time, like a, a half an hour, an hour, maybe you need longer than that, and you're gonna sit down and you're gonna write down these are the most important things and you're gonna rank them in order of importance. And then I want you to do something with that list. I want you to look at it and I want you to ask how it lines up with what really is important. In fact, it might be really beneficial to make two lists. This is what I'm making a priority in my life. This is where I'm really spending my time. This is a percentage of time. And this is what I should be doing. This is what priorities really are. And see how they line up. And if they don't line up, reorganize your priorities. I wouldn't say shuffle, right? I thought about using the word shuffle, but you think about cards, right? And I shuffle the deck. All you're doing is you're just changing the order so that they're mixed up. And uh, you, you don't know where they are. You don't care where they end up. You just want them mixed up unless you're trying to stack the deck, cheaters, right? <laughs> then you're intentionally putting the cards somewhere, right? I've never learned how to do that, by the way. But you're shuffling the deck. You just want them to be random. That's not what you want to do with your priorities. What you want to do with your priorities, you want to pray, you want to seek, you want to think through what are my priorities and what should they be and what, how can I reorganize? How can I adjust my life according to what they should be? And obviously God needs to be a part of that. In fact, let me get you started on your list because we all know what number one should be. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter six, listen to what he says. These are Jesus's words. He says, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? By the way, what will we eat? I, I worry about that all the time. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I struggle with that one. I do. I'm like, you want to go where? No, let's not, right? I, I want to enjoy life. I'd rather not go to that restaurant or whatever the case is, right? I, I, I worry, I, honestly, I worry about that stuff. I, I don't know if I worry, but I, I, I'm concerned about it. it. It interests me because I love food, Right? What will we drink? What will we wear? Anybody concerned about their appearance? A lot. Maybe too much. Right? That's what Jesus is talking about. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. In other words, this is a fleeting thought. You need to get rid of it. Don't worry about it. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. If you look at other translations, it says, Seek the kingdom of God first. And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. <laughs> and you say amen to that. Jesus is very simply saying, put God first. Put God at the center of everything you are and everything you do. God is your priority. God is your number one. If, if it's a conflict between God and something else, God wins. It, it, if, if, it's, if it's a problem where you think, man, I don't think that, that God would want me to do this, but I want to do this, you can't win. God has to win. God has to be the top, has to be the center, has to be the priority. And we have to seek God first in our life. And so here's my suggestion to you. I would write down your priorities. Sometime this week, spend some time, sit down and say, these are the most important things in my life. And I'm not gonna suggest to you, although I just did suggest what number one is. So I will give you that. After that, totally up to you. Let God tell you what's going on, right? One of those things, some of you, okay? I won't get into that yet. I'm not gonna go there yet, all right? 
But some of us, we, we just need to wrestle with that. And we need, to do, we need to do a priority audit, so to speak, right? We need to get in and we need to do an audit of our priorities. And we need to say, how are our priorities doing? How am I doing? And, and by the way, when you write these priorities down, let me, can, let me, let me just kind of help you know what maybe to think about. Think about the end game when you write down the priorities. Don't think about like next week, okay? Think about who you want to become. What is the target? What do you want your children to become, right? We don't, we don't have our kids go to bed early or on time because we, um, we believe that, you know, Laura and I need at least five hours at night or we're going to go insane, right? That's not. Now, do we enjoy our evening time? Oh, yes, we do. Very much so. But that's not why we put them to bed. Why do we put them to bed on time or, and to give them a good night's sleep? It's because we want them to be able to focus and have good attitudes and, and all those things that they need to do the next day. And we know if they don't get their sleep, they're not going to be able to do that. But ultimately, what we want is we want to have them have good habits going forward so that when they're not at home, they will realize sleep is kind of a big deal. It's kind of important. We should probably do that. We need to set the priorities now, do a priority audit and consider what are my priorities and what should they be and then make sure they line up, all right? So we need to get honest about the most important things. The second thing that we need to do is we need to balance the life checkbook. That's not like an account or like a money checkbook. I'm talking about your life's checkbook, the, th the way that you operate and, and what I would say is withdrawals and deposits. We need to balance those. So for example, everyone in here, we have general things that will fill our souls, okay? Our, that, that is, the soul is what God gave you. That, that's what makes you who you are, is what makes you unique, your soul, okay? There are general things out there in the world that will fill your soul. For example, God is one, right? It doesn't matter who you are, where you live, God will fill your soul because he's God right? Prayer can fill your soul. God's word can fill your soul. Getting into the Bible can fill your soul. There are general things that we're always going to fill our soul no matter who we are. But then there are also specific things that fill your soul. And sometimes you guys have things that fill your soul that don't fill mine, okay? For example, some of you, what fills your soul is shopping. Oh my goodness. If you want to stab my soul and kill it yesterday, <laughs> You will make me go shopping. My soul will become a prune, a raisin, a dried up. I will become a shell of a person after a couple of hours of shopping. Ask my wife. She will tell you this is true. I am just terrible. I, I, I just can't. It does not fill my soul. You guys know what fills my soul, right? I talk about it all the time. The mountains fill my soul. Cookies fill my soul. They also fill my stomach. It's great, right? There are things that just... More than anything else, it's weird, I know, but there are things that fill my soul. And those things, when I'm in the mountains, I feel closer to God than I ever feel anywhere else. It's just the way that God made me. It fills my soul. For some of you, you're like, oh, I, that would I'd be awful. That's how I feel about shopping, right? That's okay. But we need to find what fills our soul and know what those things are and get those things in our life. On the other side of the coin, right, there are things that, that suck our soul dry. I just shared one of those for me. Shopping is one of those. I, I, it's funny, but I kid you not, Laura has to promise treats for me so I don't act like a toddler when I'm going shopping. It's the truth. 
I mean, again, you can ask her all that. She does not want to talk about me all day, so don't ask her all these things. But the truth is, I mean, that's the truth. I just, I hate it. Like, with a passion, I hate it. And so I, I don't like to go shopping. Some of you love it, though. Like, that's one thing that you look forward to. You have whole weekends set around it. I have no idea why you would do that, but that's what you do. That would be torture for me, but you like, it fills your soul. You don't even have to buy anything. You're just shopping. We're just, we just go shopping. Oh, well, that's awesome. But for some people, that, that, that takes their soul, uh, the stuff away and it just shrivels our soul up. So there are specific things, there are real things that draw our soul. You know, another thing that sucks your soul dry is being out of balance. It'll make you dry, it'll make you thin. Like too much butter scraped over too much bread. Like you just dry you out. Sin does that, right? When we go against God, sucks your soul dry then there's no energy, there's no strength there. And so what we need to do, my suggestion is, we need to balance the life checkbook. We need to make the withdrawals match the deposits. Let me give you an illustration. Let's say that you have $100 in the bank, okay? You guys know how I love math, right? So I'm gonna use math because I love math, right? Let's say you have $100 in the bank and every day, once you get that $100 in the bank, you decide that you're gonna make $10 withdrawal and you're gonna deposit $5. Every day, you're gonna withdraw 10 and you're going to deposit five. Now, let me ask you this. In 20 days, what happens to your account? It's empty, isn't it? The money's gone. Now, you're still going to be withdrawing, and you're still going to be depositing. Withdraw, deposit, withdraw, deposit. You're still going to be doing that, but, but you're going to be overdrawn in your account, isn't it? So at some point, something's going to hit the fan, and it's not going to go well right? Because your withdrawals do not match your deposits. You're not balanced. You're in the red. You're not in the black, right? Well, the suggestion that I want to make is, I think that in our culture, and I think our culture is somewhat to blame to this, I think that we're living in the red in our lives all the time. I think we're living in the red constantly. I think we're out of balance. I think, and, and I know, I can just speak to myself on this. I know that there are a lot of times when, I'd say there are more days than not where I tend to feel tired and stressed out and overwhelmed and a little on edge. You know what I'm talking about? There are a lot of days that I feel that way. And so, and, and you guys know this, and we all know what this means. What that means is when our kids do something, we lose it. Maybe they're not tying their shoes fast enough. Come on, we've got to go right? You've been there for like five minutes. <laughs> what have you been doing? I don't know. Look at the lint, you know. Mm. Mm, tastes good, you know. Who knows what's going on? And then all of a sudden we lose it. Why do we lose it? It's not because they have, are taking too long, although maybe they are, but it doesn't warrant us losing it on them, yet we do. I do this. My kids look at me all of a sudden like, what did just happen? Dad just flipped. It's not because they're a problem. It's because I'm a problem. It's because I'm living in the red. I don't have any margin. I'm overdrawn. And what I think we need to do is we need to make sure that we stop withdrawing so much out of our soul and we need to start spending time depositing more into our soul. Let me make a suggestion, a practical one. You know what I think we all need? My guess is, and maybe this is not true of every single person in here, probably not, but my guess is the majority of us, this is probably true. I think we all need more rest. 
And I'm not talking about, let me just be very clear about the kind of rest that I think we all need. I don't mean we need a little bit more time to sit in front of Netflix or the TV. I don't think we need more time to scroll Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook or Twitter. I don't think we need more time to like go adulting, right? And go uh, hit the wine bar. That's not the rest I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a girl's weekend. I'm, just, I'm being very clear here because some of us went right there. You're like, absolutely, Cancun, here we come. <laughs> Preach it, brother. More rest. I need more rest. My pastor told me to get more rest. Book the tickets. We're done. We're going to put that plane overweight and we're going to go. We're going to do it, right? That's not the kind of rest I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kind of rest where you stop and the whole purpose of you stopping is to consider who you are and let God tell you who you are. And that's it. Nothing else. Literally nothing else. In fact, Jesus tells us to do this. He commands us to do this. Listen to what he says in Matthew chapter 11, 28, 29. Again, Jesus' words. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Anybody in here weary or carrying heavy burdens? Anybody? I guess is there's a few of us. And I will give you what? What will he give you? I'll give you rest. Your TV cannot do that. Your social media cannot do this. Wine cannot do this. Beer cannot do this. Sitting on the couch cannot do this. Taking a vacation with your family cannot do that. We all know vacation with the family and the kids is not rest. I'm preaching to the choir. Right? These things are not restful. They will not fill your soul. They will not do it. So stop trying to fill your soul by doing that kind of rest. I'm not saying it's bad. This afternoon, if you check on me, you will know where I'm at. I'm on the couch. I'm going to be watching football. That's not the kind of rest that I'm talking about. I'm not saying that rest is bad. I'm saying it will not fill your soul. We need real rest And he says this, he says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, Jesus says, because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. We need rest. We're out of balance. We are withdrawing way more than we're depositing. And we need to take that time to stop and to really just do this. In fact, let me make one more practical suggestion. I've given you a lot. Write down your priorities and then reorganize them. I'm giving you all kinds of homework. Aren't you glad you came today? Don't you love walking out of church with homework, right? But the second thing is, I would say we need rest. And so let me give you a practical thing to do, okay? I want you to seriously consider this. And what I'm about to suggest to you, I think could change your life. I really do. I believe it's that important. I believe it's that impactful, okay? I want you to consider this. Just challenge yourself with this. Look at your schedule and set aside a little bit of time each day. Now, don't be legalistic, right? Don't, don't be like, oh man, well, I, there's this one day I have this and this day. Don't be legalistic. I'm just saying, try to set aside as much as you can every day, a little bit of time. It could be five minutes. It could be 15 minutes. It could be an hour. I, it does not matter. Pick what it works for you and what's gonna, how you're going to be able to start and be honest and be consistent with this. And and set aside a little bit of time each day. And then all you're going to do is you're going to simply sit 
or you're going to go somewhere where you're not going to be bothered. You're not going to hear, Mom, Dad, right? I don't know where that is for you. For me, it's miles away. No, seriously, maybe it's just in the corner and I close the door and I lock it or whatever it is, but find a space and spend 5, 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is, and all you're going to do is you're going to sit and you're going to ask God a question or you're going to talk to God, but mostly what you're going to do is you're going to sit and you're just going to listen. You're not going to think about what you have to do. You're not going to think about the emails that have to get done. You're not going to think about planning for your classroom. You're not going to think about what the project is at work. You're not going to worry about that. You're going to simply ask, God, how am I doing? What do you have for me today? And then you're going to listen. You're going to let God speak into your life. Now, a lot of us in here, maybe that's weird. You say, really? I'm just going to sit and I'm going to listen for somebody that I don't know where he is? He's going to talk to me? And my answer to you is yes. You're not going to hear it like I'm talking to you now. Most of the time, anyway but he will speak to you. You'll have to start having thoughts. You'll start having things in your heart that will bubble up. And you'll know, okay, this is what God wanted me to deal with. And some of those things you're not gonna like because he's gonna highlight things that you're like, oh, I didn't wanna deal with that. I know. But we need that rest. And let me take it one step further. Let me, let me say maybe once a month, spend a little bit longer time, like set aside an hour or something like that. And, and really consider, ask God some of the bigger questions, maybe what's coming down the line or a big decision you have, right? And then maybe once or twice a year, let me, can, let, me, let me offer this to you. Take like a half a day or a day away. And some of us, right, we, we do this with our friends. We have shopping weekend, all this stuff. Again, not bad. I'm just saying take a half day, take a day where you go off and the whole point of your time is to go back and consider your life and allow God to speak to you. Now, let me, let me make a prediction. My prediction is there's a lot of us in here who is like, that, you just said that was practical. That's a dumb. <laughs> That's not practical. Like, there's no way I can do that. There's no way. Why would I even do that? Let me just challenge you. Do this. Try it. Kind of like acupuncture, right? Doesn't look right. Needles all in you everywhere. You look like a pincushion, right? But the people who have done it, right? Some of you in here, I've talked to you about this. You're like, oh, it's amazing. Once they find the right pressure point, it's awesome. Let me just tell you that acupuncture has nothing on God and what he can do if you allow him to start picking, putting some pins in. And you will come out of there feeling rested. Challenged, but rested. I want to challenge you to do it. Put into your life this regular time where you just listen to God and allow him to speak rest into you. All right, so we need to get honest. We need to balance the life checkbook. And then the third thing, and we'll kind of finish up with this point, is we need to stay rooted. We need to stay rooted. Listen to what it says in Ephesians 3, 12 and 17 through 19. It says, because of Christ... Because of Jesus and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. It's talking about those of us who believe in Jesus and have put our faith and trust in him. Okay? Then, if we do that, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. 
And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. We need to get back to our source of life. We need to get back to the roots. We need to get back to where God has us in the source of our power. We need to get our roots back. In fact, the Bible says that if we don't stay rooted with God, if we're not connected to God, we're dead. You realize that? You, you guys have heard of the Walking Dead show, right? Things that look alive, right? People that look alive, but yet they're actually dead. That's what the Bible calls people who are not connected with God. They call, he, they call them Walking Dead. See, God knew the TV show was going to be cool before it ever came out. That's, that's another takeaway. Right? God says that unbelievers, people who are not connected to Christ, are not rooted in God, they're, they're actually dead. They're spiritually gone. In fact, listen to what it says in Ephesians 2, 1 through 6, kind of a longer passage. Listen to what it says. It explains this very thing. It says, once you were dead. It's talking about followers of Christ that one time before this, this is what was the reality was. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin. Just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God, the spiritually dead. That's what it's talking about. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. In other words, God's wrath is there for that, the spiritually dead. He's like, okay, we got to get rid of the spiritually dead. But then what happens? But... God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. In other words, God says, I'm the one that gave you life. If you disconnect the roots from me, you're dead. Are spiritually gone. So what I did is I, I brought, uh, you know, a flower here today because it feels so much like uh, spring, um, you know, obviously. I don't know if you were taken uh, by surprise by this, you know, this whole thing. But, you know, I got these marigolds this week. Beautiful flowers, right? But this is, this is what God is talking about. He's talking about you are like this. And what he says is, when we do the things that we do, this is what we do. I just made a big mess. <laughs> now, some of you are kind of angry right now, aren't you? Because I just ripped a bunch of nice flowers that somebody nurtured and planted and spent time on and made beautiful to be a blessing to other people. And I just ripped it out of the soil. Some of you are like, what a waste. Just for a stupid illustration, I can't believe you wasted that. And those of us that feel that way, my point is exactly. I just gave you a picture of how God feels about you and I when he plants us, he gives us life. 
He gives us life and he nurtures us. And he gives us gifts and he gives us abilities to make us beautiful and valuable and unique and special in so many ways. And every one of you in here are like these flowers. You're unique, you're special, you're amazing. And yet what God does is when he sees that we disconnect from him, when we rip ourselves out of God's word and out of God's love and out of God's grace and out of God's peace, he says, you're dead, you're dying. And we wonder why we're stressed. And we wonder why we're overwhelmed. And we wonder why we lose it with our kids. I can tell you why. It's because we've ripped our own roots out of the source and the sustenance and the power that God has for you and I. We need to get back into the soil. Right? We need to get back in the soil. Thankfully, God's going to do a better job of putting this back together than I will this plant. Right? Because this thing is not going to go well. Right? It's just not going to work. But the truth is, guys, here's, here's the truth. This is what I see more often than not. I see people going through life like this. I really do. Most of the time, we don't admit it. We walk around like this. Yeah, how are you doing? Fine. I'm good. I made of plastic. Everything's great. Social media. Let me post a few more pictures of us smiling, right? This is how we live. We live like this. We show everybody this, and if they were really to look behind, there's no soil. Our roots, are, they've been ripped out because we're not spending any time with God. God is not even a part of our existence. And God says, I did not come so that you could show up for an hour on a Sunday. I came so that I could be a part of your life and show you what life is all about. This is your purpose. It's to be connected and rooted and established in God's love. So my challenge to you is, I gave you some practical thoughts. You can take them or leave them. But more than anything, let me encourage you. Drive your roots back into God and his love. And if you feel stressed, if you feel tired, if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel thin, if you feel like you're being pulled in a hundred different directions with your priorities and your balance, if you feel like your family is just out of whack most of the time, my encouragement to you is go back to the source of your life. Go back to the source of your strength. This is where you'll find joy and peace and grace. And he will give that to you. Let's find balance again. Let's live in a way with power and peace and joy and fulfillment. There it goes. I love you guys. God loves you. But we need to hear what God has to say for us. And you can't always expect here, in fact, by the way, I just had this thought, you can't expect that you're going to get enough from me or from Pastor Chris or from the worship team on a Sunday. If that's your connection to God, I'm just telling you, you are woefully, woefully out of balance. You need it consistently. And you need God. You don't need a pastor. You don't need a worship team. 
You need God. So make sure you're rooted in that. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would just be here with us and speak to us for the next few seconds. I kind of get an idea, a sense that there's a lot of people in here, including maybe me even a little bit, that maybe I haven't been as true and forthright about how out of balance we can be. If we were to do an audit, a survey of how connected people are to you, God, I, I, don't, I, don't, I have no idea what we'd find. But I'm guessing we'd find that people are feeling a little bit thin, a little bit dry, a little bit stressed, a little bit tired, a little bit overwhelmed. But I know that, God, you didn't come to this world to offer us that kind of life. You came to give us life, to give us joy, to give us peace, to give us grace, to give us love, to experience the greatness of who you are. And yet what we've done is sometimes we rip our roots out and we go our own way and we try to live life in, in a spiritually dead way and then we, we get lost and we get stuck and then we wonder why everything seems dry. And we, we kind of wrestle with, I'm tired of this life. We get tired of this life. And we are going to because this world is not perfect, but God, we need you. We need the rest that only you can give. We need to put you first. We need to put our roots back to where they can actually tap into your power, your love, and your grace for our lives. So I pray that everybody in here, you would help them to be honest about where they're at. They would follow you they would drive the roots back into your word and your power. I pray all of these things and I ask all of these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.